You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig, I'm the host of the podcast and I'm joined by Chris and Greg. All right, guys? All right. It's the podcast uh, winners this evening. No losers allowed, so John's been papped out. You didn't win. Going... Well, I won a point, didn't I? <laughs> Rangers won a point, I should say. Right, so I'm a winner. <laughs> so I'm on. Now, if anyone wants to know where John really is, right, because he, he doesn't get papped out, he's on if he can make it normally. I think he's away off robbing a bank because he's posted a photo on the SFF podcast Twitter account and it's a him and what I assume is his missus. And it's like, I don't know, his missus has got like a scarf over her face just so nobody recognises her. John's got his hat over his eyes so nobody recognises him. It's, it's a very, here's a photo, but please don't look at it. In other words... It's a it's a strange one. It's um, aye, that is very strange. <laughs> it's got Bonnie and Clyde. I, he's trying to prove that he's not in the huff because he's going to the cooks. The see, cooks. See, the only way he can prove that is if he had a if he had a picture of today's newspaper to hold up because that photograph it could be anywhere. Anything huh? that's that, I don't buy that for a minute. The thing is, who watches the cooks in this day and age? <laughs> I said that's for two thousand and six. They've not brought out anything decent in years. They're not on that parade these days. Oh, no. The kids aren't into that nowadays. I don't know anything about modern music these days. No, I don't tell why. I bought um, Noel Gallagher's new album with it. That so wasn't on Spotify for some reason. I need to check again. It's... No, not first thing this morning, no. I've only listened to it once, but it's a bit bland, if you ask me. Ooh, what word review? I like that. Bland. It might, it, might be, it might be a grower, but we'll see. Aye, aye, that's the, the polite way uh, Chris Miles show. That's how they used to they politely say it's rubbish. Aye. <laughs> so it did. Aye. No, but it might be. There's, there's no standout for me like there was with the, the first High Flying Birds. Mm-hmm. It was, aka what a life, what a belting tune that is. Anyway. You need to listen to it again a few times, I think. I think so. It'll work, it'll work. Okay, so start things off with, on a negative note for the the charity bet because once again it's burst we had Inverness Queen's Park and Airdrie and I blame Motherwell and Greg for bursting <laughs> it despite Queen's Park also losing 3-1 against Easterland but Motherwell didn't think of the children it's nothing to do with me I, I was new on last week and had I been on I would probably have advised that Inverness win as well so I was delighted I was new on it was like <laughs> yeah. a, a, pretty, a pretty safe bet but that was before the signing of uh, Australian wizard Scott McDonald so I, I, I could understand you taking that, that bet on Monday I didn't even know he was available I could have taken him all over the least aye aye I think um, aye, I think I think we'd inquired about getting him in loan and it became pretty obvious that we couldn't afford them, but he'd managed to wangle his way his contracts. He was nearly getting a game at Millwall. I mean, it was, well, for what I see in the highlights, it looked like an astute move. Looked really good. Aye, did really well. Aye, he's still only 31 as well. I'm really surprised he's been around for Is such a long time and still isn't that old. Aye, and if anything, he's, the last time he played, uh, certainly when he played with us, he always seemed to carry a wee bit of weight. He was quite stocky, but if Aye. anything, he's actually... He's actually slimmed down a wee bit. Um, 
and I think maybe just because he's getting a bit older, he's obviously taking care of himself a wee bit better. But he's, I mean, he put 70 minutes in um, on Saturday and just and, and just never stopped for the 70 minutes. Uh, it's so, bad for the guy, he's not played much. That's what I mean, it's, it's four, or five, four or five weeks since he played a competitive game, so he's clearly uh, not far off the pace in terms of fitness. So, um, Aye, brilliant. Night and day Saturday, really good. Aye. Um, well, we, I'll just mention that Declan McManus didn't didn't he score first either? Uh, to be fair, I'm blaming the defence for that one because he scored second and third. He got both of Morton's goals. Unfortunately, the defence leaked one before that. So, so I'm, not blaming, I'm not blaming him. He's, his teammates have uh, let him down. He's had his chance to dance. I think we should uh, ditch him for this week and go back to tried and tested Longworth. But we'll maybe discuss that later. Uh, we'll go back to the Motherwell game since we touched on it there. And we we'll, what is this, Motherwell? They seem to be riding their luck the, on the highlights, Greg. <laughs> and they come away with a 2-1-1. See, those highlights, those, those highlights are a disgrace. I, I, you know me, I, I don't generally complain too much about sports scene, but I, I just don't <laughs> want the nonsense. Absolute nonsense. I mean, there was there was huge bits of that game. Obviously, they're not going to show a massive extended extended highlights, but there was huge chunks of that game they just they just never showed at all. And I mean we had first uh, twenty, thirty minutes it was it was just one way traffic. We were camped in Inverness's half. We uh wave upon wave attacking in, but they didn't really seem The highlights uh, suggested otherwise. I know it does. It looks as though Inverness were in the were in the ascendancy and that just that just wasn't the case. I mean they came into it a wee bit um after we scored in the in the in the second half. Uh, and made a bit of a game, and to be fair, they hit the post in the bar um, during that during that spell as well. But I mean, other than that, there wasn't a great deal in terms of um, in terms of creating chances. There's a couple they placed over a bar, but I mean, nothing you know, nothing in terms of like a sustained uh, bank of pressure defence, and it was it was it was the other way about. So yeah, it's always the it's always the case with sports, you know, and then you try and condense it down into three or four minutes, you're never going to get a full. A full picture of the game, but it was by far our best performance of the season um, so far. And it looked the big difference on Saturday was it looked as though we had a, a team that were up for the fight, and that's that's what a lot of supporters have been complaining about in the last uh, three four months. Even though we've not been getting the results, the, the attitude and the pitch doesn't really seem to match the um, the seriousness of the of the situation. But that 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 was definitely um, definitely a change in approach. Uh, and Saturday from you know, from the first whistle, and I think having guys like I mean uh, McDonald being on the team made a big difference, but the other guy that was um, I thought was outstanding was Pearson. Uh, he's he's provided this a uh, box to box midfielder um, that we've that we've kind of been lacking a wee bit this season. The last time I, I saw him play was up at Tannadice uh, just before he got his rib injury. And again, that was another really good performance uh, up there that day, despite us getting beat. So I think if we can keep both these guys fit and free of suspension and on the side. Then we've got a we've got a fighting chance, a uh, fighting chance of staying in the league. Is this not a podcast for two thousand and four? Just the best of the world. the time uh, Hamill comes back in there and Lastly's still playing, you know, <laughs> John Son was probably kicking about back then as well. So no, it is. It's Motherwell uh, are going back to the well with the previous uh, previous players in there, and um, I I don't know. I think I think McDonald's going to be a I think it's going to be a shrewd move. Uh, in our part and, and by all accounts he's uh, I mean I don't think he's really been paid much money to come in and, and play till the end of the season either so uh, it sounds as though he's you know just keen to come back and, and get a few games under his belt and, and take it for their sort of thing so 
Um, hopefully that's hopefully that's a, a sort of benchmark we've set on Saturday, and we can go out at the weekend and follow up with a similar sort of performance. Because we've, I think we've kind of proved to ourselves now that we've got we've got the players on the side that are, that are capable of putting in performances like that against. I mean, against a side that will probably finish. Yeah, you know, they're certainly going to finish the top four. I would have thought, if if not higher than that as well. So it was uh, it was good to not just get the victory, but the, the manner of the victory as well was was really satisfying. It's good to hear you've been positive, Greg, for once. It's not often it's happened this season, and as I mean, I don't I don't really make any excuses for it because I'll be perfectly honest. The summer of football that we've had to endure this season has been absolutely appalling. Uh, and I mean, if we had have gone down. You know, continually doing the whole season. I don't think MD would have had too many complaints because we were, for periods there, we were by far the worst team in the league. We're sitting rock bottom of the table, and that's off the back of two months of being absolutely appalling. So, uh, again, it's not. Uh, I've not seen one performance is enough to, for me to suggest that we're home and dry. But I think it's, I think it's at least a move in the right direction. And as I say, if we can build on that uh, against Kamara on Saturday, then it'll be. I'll be certainly putting us on the road to, to putting up a challenge to stay in, stay in that league as well. I think the only disappointing thing for you was coming out of the game and going, what was the score's else? Oh, Correct. Absol- absolutely spot on. We jumped in a taxi because it was a horrible day. Saturday, we were going down to the pub, jumped in a taxi and said to the taxi, and taxi driver saying, oh, good result. And then he's like, I says, I bet Merlin have won and uh, Ross County have won as well. And it was like, oh, for sake, you know. But in saying that, I mean, that, that was a game we weren't expected to take out from, so... In some ways, it's even more important that we took. I think, aye, I think that's probably the key point. I mean, St Mirren, if we were going to get a home win, it was going to be against the Hamilton team on the slide, and yes. they got that. Ross County have been playing pretty well over recent weeks, yeah. and they were at home against uh, Dundee. So, I mean, Dundee seemed to be a bit hot and cold at times. So, aye. I think, aye, I'd agree. I think Motherwell getting the, the win was probably the, the biggest uh, of those three games. Aye, you touched upon St Mirren there. Uh, beating Hamilton uh, first one of the, the home win of the season which uh, is a wee bonus for the season ticket holders but Hamilton I really fear for them oh, they're, uh, they're obviously safe but aye that's them they're just going to keep going down bottom six I think uh, I, I don't know Canning doesn't seem like the, the guy to, to turn it around I know he's, he's not had it easy with outgoing players but aye it's just uh, it's a shame because they had such a good start to the season, it was refreshing to see a, a side like them do so well, uh, come into the league and and actually try and go out and attack and want to win rather than just uh, just shutting up shop every yeah. game. Yeah. But Aye, it would have been easy for them to you know, come into the league and try and grind out a you know a, a ninth place finish and like yes. you're saying, just you know camp in at home and, and, and try and keep it tight. But if not, the first half of the season they were. I mean, they they come out and handed out a couple of doings to us. Um, so I mean, it's, it's it's certainly supports the argument that they were out and trying to win games. But I mean, I think when they've, I think January's maybe done for them. Obviously, losing the managers right. a big one, but then losing the losing the, the, the goal scorers up front as well. Right. I mean, that's that's a lot of goals to ship at a team. And, and right, that that for me is the key. It's it, losing the managers a bad a bad thing for any any team, especially when he's doing so well. But yeah, they've they've sold all the goals for getting. And not replaced it then, really. I mean, they brought Nigel uh, Hasselbank in, but he's, he's not the same kind of goal scorer that like Anton Curry and um, yeah. was it Andrew or Andrew. Aye, or... Andrew. Yep. Aye, uh, 
going back to the Motherwell game, I forgot to mention something. I forgot to mention the in-depth analysis in sports scene. Uh, I forgot to mention the, the in-depth analysis on Inverness's uh, striker, O'Ferry, and specifically how he likes to smile. <laughs> both, both of them mentioned it. I'm like, all right, aye, that's a nice insight. Aye, he likes to smile. <laughs> To, to be fair, the, if you, the, the interview John Hughes after the game, I think it's on YouTube or something, and uh, he mentioned that as well. So he's on managers. <laughs> that's his own manager's assessment of the boy too. So you know you can't really you can't help but fault the uh, fault the pundits if they're if they're falling. So, but he looked decent. The big guy looked decent. I think if he, I think if he gets an extended run in that side, he'll he'll definitely get them goals. He was a handful up front, and maybe maybe unlucky not to get a double on Saturday. Yep, I we touched on Ross County. Beating Dundee 1-0. And also, Chris, you mentioned uh, uh, a bit of the, the form side in the table. Uh, I think they mentioned that sports scene as well. They're going on a, a bit of a decent run, started off by beating Motherwell. That was that was a catalyst, I think. Once you beat a giant like that, you're going to push on. <laughs> no, I, I, I just said it the other week um, when I'd been up at their place watching it and, and you could tell on, the, on, on that day they had... Um, I think they'd had a wee bit of a kick up the up the backside as well, and they looked as though they were determined to to get and scrap it out. And I mean, they're they're playing some decent football. They scored a couple of smashing goals um, up there as well, and they're, they're turning around that home form, which was which was so poor at the at the start of the season as well. So I think that's key as well. If you can pick up your points at home, and then anything in the road's a, a bonus. But now Ross County at the moment, I would say the the three teams in the bottom look most likely to survive given the given their current form. Uh, I think I'm going to skip over the St. Johnson Kilmarnock game because Aye. that was pretty boring. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Dundee United, Partick Thistle. I think Dundee United worth, probably wish you'd skip over that. But, it's definitely Aye. worth mentioning them because uh, we put a bet on them was it last week, uh, sorry, the week before for the, two, the two charity bet. Mm. And, Aye, and they burst it uh, because was it they're consistent in their inconsistency. Don't know who and then, then, then they, I think it was me, but but then um, they, they played Partick Thistle, who were also very very inconsistent. So yeah, I mean the first uh, goal that Thistle scored was an absolute cracker. Yeah, yeah, great goal. The second was an own goal, which is they, they were arguing on sports sound over who'd scored that because it was a few of the places were saying for you put it in his own net, but uh, whoever was doing the commentary and opening all mics was was, was adamant it was uh, Ryan McGowan who put it in his own net, and I like to be pretty obvious. So I don't know where the, the Foyot thing came from. I thought I thought watching the highlights United were a wee bit unlucky. They had a couple of great chances. Uh, second half, both of them felt a an air, but both of them bobbled just as he was about to hit it. They were sort of bemoaning their pitch. Which oh, again, like know, a Greg. lot of pitches just now don't doesn't look in great shape. But there's a couple of I mean there's a couple of really good clear cut chances that another day you'd expect him to stick one of them away, but he's 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 bowling both of them. Ah, you have to you have to deal with the bobbles. Can't be using too many excuses. Chiffchi as well had a, a bit of a, a fluff. Uh, and uh, Maybe you could blame the pitch, but no. They should be doing better. Keep your eye on the ball. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, they should be used to bobbles because they can't play uh, uh, surfaces that Hamilton have every week. Mm-hmm. True surfaces like that. Uh, they also, Dundee United drew with Inverness last Tuesday. Yeah, having been down to 10 men for a long spell. They, they, yep, they, changed their, apparently... they changed their keeper. It, was, it wasn't the chairs, I think. They got sent off. It was, uh, it was some other guy, was it? Uh, yeah. It's that young guy they've got. Apparently the better team. 
from a, a guy that was at the game uh, when they went down to 10 men, which uh, doesn't always happen, but sometimes does. Uh, sometimes it, it galvanises the side and, and they play above themselves because they, they perhaps feel a wee bit hard done by or that they just need to, they know they need to put in that, that wee bit extra. And midweek as well, you should also mention the European exploits of yeah. Celtic. Now, I, I I didn't watch all of the game, but one thing I thought was a bit of a shame was reading afterwards and the, a lot of the, the players' Celtic comments were discussing the referee. Now, I didn't hear the questions asked of them, but I think it was journalists that were kind of shaping those and, and trying to push them down that direction, which is a shame because although some might argue an inner on the side that they once were, Celtic only narrowly got put out. They they played the majority of that game in the San Siro with 10 men and they only narrowly got beat. I think the should, focus should be on that, how close Celtic came, rather than trying to discuss referees and stuff. And and I, I'm blaming the, the journalists here because I, I believe that they were pushing it, which is, is unfair. I think I think there was a decent balance of that in, the, in any of the, the reports I was hearing and reading because they were basically saying that for, until the red, until the, the second booking for Van Dyke, Celtic were given as good as they were getting. In fact, they were possibly edging the game with the, the chances that they had. Um, Mackay Stephen was looking pretty good and he had a, a, a cracking chance early in the game that he had stayed for unfortunately. But I mean, once I, I had a bit of a debate over this one on, on Twitter on, on Thursday night about whether Van Dyke had deserved to go. And for me, both yellow cards are bookings almost every single time in Europe. You might mm-hmm. get away with it in Scotland. But in Europe, you're bound to get booked for both of them. So I, I can't really fault the referee for the sending off. What probably annoyed me more about the referee was some of the things he did away from that. There was some very soft fouls getting given for uh, Inter Milan and favour Inter Milan outside the box. And if it happened to Celtic inside the box, as uh, Gadetti and Armstrong both found out, the referee would play on, which I thought was a bit... It was a... <laughs> I want to, I don't I want to say inconsistent, but not in a sort of biased way. I think it was more inconsistent. He was given the free kicks outside the box. He wasn't given inside the box. It just so happened it was falling yeah. in Inter's favour. Um, uh, there was that. There was a bizarre booking for time wasting for Craig Gordon. But no, no, I don't know how he was time wasting when we needed a goal. <laughs> I know, I know Craig Gordon has history of time wasting, but that was a bit ridiculous. But um, I, I, my, my favourite comment of the referee had to be for Ronnie Dyla when he said if we'd had a performance like the referee, we'd have got beat 5 or 6 now. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously he wasn't too happy. But um, yeah, like you say, like Celtic had given it as good as he got. It still took a wonder strike to get any goal in that game at all. From a guy who, should, for me, should have been sent off for an elbow. But that was probably the other thing the referee got wrong. But uh, I'm fair play to the guy for the strike. It was a, it was a cracking finish. Gordon didn't stand a chance. And... Once that went in, that was that game over. But I mean, that was about five minutes of full time, and we still knew about it. Although we were down to 10 men and looking tired, we just brought Commons on and he'll shoot for anywhere. And did. I think he had about 45 yards shot at one point, was straight towards the keeper. <laughs> the keeper's never getting troubled by it. But it's, it's, when it's still now, now, there's always that little chance. So I, I think to go, was... that, to go that far with 10 men and against a, a, a team, okay, and aren't what they used to be, but. Even their rubbish players cost more than an entire team. Uh, I, I thought it was uh, a bit of a shame uh, hearing Van Dyke talk after the game saying that because he got sent off that uh, Celtic fans will think he's the, the worst player in the team. And I know what he was trying to say, <laughs> but I just thought it's, it's harsh he's actually come uh, away from that really hurt 
that the fans think is the worst. To be honest, I thought, I thought it was naive, and it was it was two silly bookings. But it was overall I, for me, Van Dyke has never shown what he's capable of in Europe, and this is probably my biggest criticism of him. I keep hearing people talking about oh, 10 million, 12 million pound. You're not going to get anywhere near that for a player who doesn't show what he can do in Europe because nobody cares what you do in Scotland. Now, I've seen him. We, we, we talked about him last week against Hamilton, how he was down there playing in midfield yes. <laughs> and, and setting up goals. Now, that's great. That's fine. But it's only us that will see that because no one in England will be paying a blind bit of uh, notice what he's doing in Scotland at all. They might have a wee yes. sort of, uh, OK, we've seen what you can do in Europe. Let's see what else you've done in Scotland. But if, if, unless you do it in Europe, nobody will pay any notice. I, they'll see that second yellow and just uh, and question what was he what was he thinking when yeah. uh, the first one you could probably say the same but if you've not been booked you're you're allowed a silly foul like that but see the second one you just let him go he wasn't going anywhere there wasn't going to be any danger uh, if he'd been clever enough he, he would have been able to block off the goal himself I, I just don't I, I don't get it it's the kind of thing that you would expect from a a, a young player that hasn't really played at that level yeah, some, it's, some it's, inexperienced. It's decision making throughout uh, our European campaign that and uh, it's tends to switch off occasionally. I'll probably do things a lot and down, and it does it to a certain extent in Scotland, but it gets away with it. Yeah. It gets it gets punished for it far too often in Europe, and I think that's why you won't get anywhere near ten to twelve more even. Yeah. If if yeah. he could cut out that stuff in his game, then maybe someone would take a punt on him. But until he does that, I don't think anybody's going to risk it. Yeah, because the, the, the big uh, purchases, uh, or the big sales, I, I should maybe say, came uh, from players who were performing. They were managing to yeah. to keep the, the level up when they went into Europe. That's that exactly. And, I mean, like, Wanyama, Forster are, are two yeah. examples that jump even, out straight Even Gary Hooper. Like, yep. uh, like, not to the same extent. I mean, like, Wanyama was getting noticed against Barcelona, and mm-hmm. obviously Forster's got the like, Grand Morale nickname for the Barcelona game. Um so, but yeah, I mean, even Hooper, he was just scoring the goals against the likes of Spartak Moscow and people were noticing what he was doing. So, yeah, it's, it's like I say, it's, if you can do it in Europe, then you might get your big money transfer. Other than that, you're not going to get much notice. Uh, right, enough about Celtic. We'll move on to the big team in Glasgow, and that's Rangers on Friday <laughs> night. And unfortunately, I can't really talk about the game because I didn't watch it. I was at the wrestling with my son. Uh, so... I, I I tried to rely on sports scene showing me uh, in depth analysis of the game and they didn't really show much at all. It was like an afterthought. So all I know is ex Rangers uh, Rory Loy scored to to draw one apiece and pretty much not handy the title to Hearts because I think Hearts have have taken the title themselves with their uh, their storm in the league and. Probably more more exciting to discuss their 10-0 hammering of Cowdenbeath, which some people who haven't watched a lot of the championship might say, well, it's just Cowdenbeath, they're rubbish, but I've seen Rangers play against them, and they're, they're not a pushover. They're definitely not a 10-0 pushover. So definitely credit to Hearts for, for that uh, performance and, and probably just highlights how dominant they are in that league, how good a job Robbie Nielsen's done. Uh, despite him downplaying it, I don't know if he's read his uh, comments afterwards. He, he simply says, uh, "I will. Uh, that that game's been and gone. We're just going to have to focus on Dumbarton." <laughs> Fair enough. They're looking to get that league shown up as quickly as possible. I think they need sixteen more points now. Yeah, 
assuming Rangers don't drop any more. Aye, aye, they'll drop more. They'll drop more. Aye. Aye, worth, aye. worth mentioning G-Fuchs' um, hat-trick. It was measured about three and a half minutes, which is, yes. is, is, is yeah. one of the fastest hat-tricks yeah. I remember. I mean, I'm like, as soon, as soon as it happened, I was again, I had the radio one, and as soon as that happened, the first thing that came to mind was Mark Burchill's hat-trick against uh, Jeunesse Desch in Europe. That was about three and a half minutes as well. I think still, it's, it's, it's pretty close to being a European record, if not a European record. I don't think it was ever confirmed whether it was or not. But um, Sports Sound were basically coming around, right, okay, who, so some, someone with some statistician will be able to tell us what, what the fastest hat trick is. And about five, ten minutes later, somebody came back with a guy, Ross County, in 1964, who scored a three in 90 seconds. I just don't get that. That's... <laughs> What How do you even do that? I, I, you must have just been scoring for a kickoff three uh-huh. times in a row. It takes 30 <laughs> seconds for the bot to travel to the goals. <laughs> <laughs> aye. Aye. Oh, well, 10 nearly. Double figures. What, what I think is good is that, that Hearts kept up uh, their play for, well, maybe not the full 90 minutes because they might have been able to score more. But I think a, a lot of, there's a lot of criticism heading their way when they only beat Hibs 5-1 in the final because they seem to go easy in the second half and I don't think yeah. there's a place for going easy yeah. on a team at all. It should nah. be all out. As long as you don't make a fool of them in terms of like playing keep you up in your own half or anything like that, as, you don't, as long as you don't make a fool of them like that, make yeah, a fool of them via the scoreline and just batter them that way. To, to yeah. be fair, Hearts, Hearts scored some cracking goals on Saturday. Some of them are real. I mean, they're, they're goals to grace any game. There are mm. a couple that are shaving inside the post. So it's not like it's not like they've been scoring 10 tap-ins. I mean, maybe maybe in another day, three or four of those goals hit the post and come back out. So, I mean, it's, you've got to remember as well, I'm not saying they got lucky, but I mean, some of those goals were, were spectacular strikes. Aye. Aye. Gomez's penalty. Was cheeky. Oh, aye, aye. that's what you do. It's easy to do that, though. I mean, when you're a few up, isn't it? <laughs> you're never going to get a chance to do one, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just want to the stats here. Like, Hearts had 25 shots, 15 of which were on target, and sort of obviously scored. I'd imagine they're counting the penalties in there as well, but we've scored 10 of them. I think the the red card for Toshney probably made a huge difference as well. Aye, aye, definitely. Well, I, I didn't think I, it was a red card myself. Really? I thought it was a stone wall. Well. He's the last man, ticks that box, right? But that's not a box to be ticked in the rule book. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's whether it was goal it's whether it was an obvious goal scoring opportunity. And I don't think it was because I don't think he was getting there before the keeper. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't think it's a red card. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 the, the stats say that uh, it's Cowdenby's heaviest loss. It matches it which um, they had an 11-1 against Clyde in 1951. Uh, the host fell short of their record, which is a 21-0 win over Anchor in 1880. <laughs> but it is, it is Hart's biggest league win ever. And it's actually one goal short of the biggest ever league win, which was an 11-0 win for Celtic against Dundee. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how Hearts do next season, because uh, I mean they've, they've, they've absolutely um, cakewalked that league. And as, as most people will tell you, I mean, that's not, that's not the easiest league in the world either. I mean, there's, there's a lot of teams in there at a reasonable level, but I mean, they've, they've blown everything away. Yeah. Um, you know, out of sight, like, way before, the, before yeah. the end of the season as well. They're going to have that wrapped up. But it's, it'll be interesting to see where they where they would pitch in the Premier League right about now. That's a side I would imagine they would be oh, comfortable top six, yeah. if not higher than that. So, I mean, if they, if they strengthen in the summer, I don't know how finances will allow for that or not, but you would, you would expect there would be some sort of movement 
and if Robbie Nielsen keeps doing what he's doing, Hearts could finally be at a point where they're actually, you know, maybe matching likes in Aberdeen, but actually sticking a, a proper a proper title challenge in at some be, point. Yeah. And again, it's whether it's whether Nielsen sticks a bit there as well because you, know, you managers will get a reputation, and yeah, who knows, maybe he'll get he'll get picked somewhere else. He seems to be quite happy where he is right enough, so. Um, you would hope they'd be able to retain them for a, a few seasons just to see what he could maybe do a full a full crack in the SPL. Uh, now, as a, a Rangers fan, I, I tend to look at things financially nowadays because oh, it's obviously such a focus. <laughs> uh, Ibrox, but one thing that and I've mentioned this before, uh, Anne Budge has got it completely right at Hearts, and that she came out and said that it's, there's no reliance at all on progressing to the top tier. She's built up a plan that, that doesn't rely on that, and I think that's brilliant. I think this it's common sense. It's it's perhaps so such an obvious thing to do, but in the world of football, of often common sense goes out the window. So I think credit to to her and Hearts for for doing that as well as as well as squishing the league. I I think I think credit to Hearts supporters as well because mm-hmm. them coming out and and sticking their money into the club and buying their season tickets I think it's allowed the club to come up with a business plan based on um, the sort of current levels that they're experiencing at the moment so I mean that's you've got to remember that too I mean if they were pulling crowds of 3,000 I guess the business plan would look significantly different for the, yes. the one they've got based on I mean even the average I don't know about eight, 9,000 although they're probably higher than that in some games so I mean that's 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 played a big part in it as well the heart supporters actually getting in and sticking their money in the, in the club as well yeah, it's, it's it's really good to watch. It. <laughs> Hearts are such a good example of how to fix your your club, and Rangers are such a terrible example of how to fix your club. It's almost it's, it's almost like somebody's written this as if a, this is the way to do it. This is the way not to do it. Put them in the same yes. way and proved it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Hearts have done what what everybody said Rangers should have done. Exactly. Got a few yeah. experienced faces in two or three, and build kids around them and they'll, they, those experienced faces will bring them through and yeah it's, uh, but, but no I don't want to talk about Hearts too much because I don't want to big them up too much because they're, they're beating Rangers in the league and they're squishing it and uh, I, I, I suppose I should be a bit more annoyed at them so we'll move on <laughs> uh, well, 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 There's no point talking about the Championship because it just isn't competitive let's go talk about the competitive Premiership because there's one game we haven't spoken about yet It was the big biggest game in my lifetime, I think that's what somebody said <laughs> uh, on Twitter. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but there was some that? some kind of claim like that. When when, when did my boy get a Twitter? Good one. Aye, aye. Uh, you know, I, I didn't I didn't watch all of it, Chris. I only watched the second half. Oh, I so didn't think I, I'd I get caught... to watch it, but I managed to time things properly, so that I was sitting in the house with the wee man, just me and him. So I'm watching the the Celtic Aberdeen game live on Sky. Twelve o'clock kickoff. Can you imagine trying to get to a football game for twelve o'clock kickoff? Aye, <laughs> Stadium announcer saying good morning. What? <laughs> especially with the away fans. I don't oh, know what type of trains I mean, would have had to have left or the buses. It's... I don't think I don't think it's possible to get to Glasgow on a train for twelve o'clock. For, no, sure for Aberdeen, no, no for Aberdeen on Sunday. Aye, I think you're right. I don't think there is a train get you in time. Be last time I looked, and that would have been last season, I'm sure they got into uh, Queen Street about half twelve. Yeah. That was their list. But I've not, I couldn't find anything this season. My internet wasn't working. But when I tried to look in, and I lost all motivation. 
so I didn't look again. It's no problem. All the glory hunting Aberdeen fans for the central belt are snapping up tickets now, kidding on. They've been supporters for years <laughs> now because they're finally half decent again. Are they looking like Talbot supporters? Aye, are they? Yes, you're based Aberdeen supporters. <laughs> you know that hotbed. Uh, Bank robbers. Aye, uh, that hotbed Aberdeen support. Right, I, I'm actually going to I'm going to let JB talk here because he's posted up on the forum what he what he thinks and it's not far off what I was thinking as well. So he posted the score may have been four 0 but there was not much between the teams. We dominated up till Celtic scored. The issue is that we weren't clinical while Celtic well. Brown needs to be stronger and not like Griffiths block him. We didn't defend corner, which is disappointing as that's the third goal we've lost to Celtic from set pieces this season. Hayes was having a lot of joy against Ambrose till he had to go off injured. It was a gamble starting them, but one worth taking. Pollock didn't even really get into the game. The penalty was a daft one to give away by such an experienced player. At that stage, we still could have got something out of the game. McKinnis should have brought on good Raleigh for Flood, who was awful in the second half. Rooney didn't have his best game for us and was a bit isolated. Denier and Van Dyke weren't really troubled by him. Only time they were troubled was when Hayes ran at both of them. After 2-0 down, we tired, I think, from pressure. We applied closing down in the first half and heads obviously went down at the third goal. We left Gary McKay-Steven too much space. I'm not going to get annoyed with the team as we're improving all the time. McLean showed today that he'll be a big player for us. We need to learn from today, both players and manager. I have no doubt we will. Credit to Celtic, they were clinical and Gary McKay-Steven looks like he's played there for years. Beat on your hands and impressed me. I've got to say, I, I can't really argue with uh, GB said there. I think yeah, it's, it's interesting that the, the scoreline Suggests, uh, you know, on Radio One, I think they called it a thumping, yeah, something like that. And yeah, it, it definitely didn't look that way to to me when I when I seen the, the highlights and what what parts of the, the live match that I seen. It was in the end. I think that's the problem. It's like like like, like you said um, for the first half hour or so. Aberdeen in a better team. There was no doubt about that. Celtic looked a bit leggy as if they were as if they were going to have this European hangover they always talk about, but. Um, I think when we lost Commons pretty early in the game and Armstrong came on for him and that didn't really seem to make too much difference because I think we were still trying to get going at that point in the game. The the big loss was when Johnny Hayes went off because he'd been running at Ambrose. He was playing left-back for us because Gary was had some injury that I'm not entirely sure a what it was. Hand, a hand, hand injury. injury. Aye, so, some kind so, of cramp, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Ambrose was playing left-back and he was having a torrid time against Hayes. But then Hayes had to go off, and Pollock came on, and Pollock just didn't make the same difference. And I think that that affected them because Celtic started coming into the game more. Um, their goalkeeper Scott Brown, not our Scott Brown, gave away a stupid uh, bit of possession where uh, Griffiths Griffiths probably could have scored, but uh, instead he won the corner, which we scored from. Uh, Griffiths was then standing in front of the goalkeeper for the first goal, which was he got no protection for his defence whatsoever. And I think Griffiths was very clever there because it's very. Uh, uh, I was almost expecting the referee to blow for it. But oh, when you see the replay, Griffiths makes sure he does nothing but stand his ground. He stands it wet. He's, he's very strong, makes sure Brown can't come out, which gives yep. Denier the free header. I've said uh, a few times in the podcast that it really annoys me when attackers do that, and I don't think they should be allowed to. But in terms of the rule book, you're allowed. You've, it's, it's your right to be anywhere, yep. anywhere in the pitch you want. You can just, as long as you're standing, you're fine. Generally, a strong keeper, when that corner gets taken, they'll put two hands on Griffiths' shoulders and give him a shove about six yards into the box, because that's generally how they deal with it. Uh, yeah, they give him a nudge when, when, when the corner's coming in, but they, I mean, he's just he's just lip standing in front of him, which was a bizarre thing to do. I don't like the nudge either, Greg, because uh, to me that's a foul. Ah, if I'm if I'm a, if two I'm hands. A, I'm a goalkeeper, though, I'm getting him a dunt. 
like in my shoulder or something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we went in, we went in one 0 at the break, which was uh, probably undeserved to be honest compared to the rest of the game. Because like JB said, Aberdeen just weren't clinical enough. There was one point in the the first half where McGinn had a shot, which was a bit of a telly save for Gordon to be honest. But the corner he got from it, Considine had a great chance and he put it over the bar. And Considine had another chance at the start of the second half, which he also put over the bar. And now if he can he, if he can get one of those two in the net, then you're looking at one down in the first half, maybe one each at the start of the second half, and Aberdeen are right back in it. But they they just they just never took their chances, and it got to the point that um they, like Aberdeen had a penalty claim where. They were claiming that the Beaton had handballed it. Now, I, I'm not even sure it hit his hand, but it was pretty clear for the, the, the replay for me that uh, Beaton was pulling his hand out of the way. Aye, so I, I, I don't think it was a penalty. Um, the, the, the problem was then the, the Reynolds clumsy challenge on Johansson at the other end, which pretty much gifted us the, the second goal. That was just silly because it, there's, there's no need to try and nip in front in that situation. No, because Johansson's got a way for goal. He's gone nowhere yes. there. Don't need to make that challenge. You either foul them, right? If if you're going for a, a tackle like that, an interception like that, there's a chance that you foul them and it's a penalty. Or there's a chance that you're too late and the ball's passed and the attacker's done you yeah. and you're away off for a pie. So you need to be careful there. It's surprising that somebody at Reynolds' experience making that challenge. That's just a challenge you expect to see for somebody that's maybe not played as many games as he has. Yes. But I thought, I thought right. he'd get some back to that, especially at that stage of the game, because at that point, you give away a penalty, it goes 2 nothing. It's, it's game over at that That's point. It's finished. And I think Aberdeen knew it because after that second goal, and Aberdeen just collapsed. They disappeared. And it suddenly looked like it was it was Aberdeen that had played in midweek because Celtic mm. just looked far in every area of the park. There was so many times after that Celtic had maybe had three on one. And we just, for some obscure reason, especially when like, Gadetti came on for Griffiths just to be after Griffiths got the, had scored the penalty. And, and Gadetti just seemed to dither on the ball far too much and waste chances. So I went for I went for a game where Aberdeen were probably unlucky not to be a couple of goals ahead to a game where Celtic were two 0 and it was going on four or five 0 and we were just wasting silly chances. Uh McKay I mean, Stephen took his goal well and off the post and then yeah. um Johansson took his goal as well. Slipping and put wasn't down the right but cut it back to him and just picked him at, he picked his spot. But if it had been eight if it had finished eight 0 it probably wouldn't have been all that daft. It was that. It was it's such a strange game, but I, but I mean I mean See, I, I think the ultimately the the difference has been who's been more clinical, but I don't again GB said this. I don't think there was too much between the teams. Yeah, I think it's experience more than anything else. Aye, the two. If you if you take the first two first two Celtic games, you could argue if the keeper deals with deals with the first one better and Reynolds doesn't make the challenge for the second one, then you could be looking at a stalemate at sixty minutes. But as soon as that second goal goes in. I think, especially, I always find if if you play Celtic and if you pass up two or three chances, you're just waiting for a sting in the tail. Because you can't yeah. do it. You get two or three chances against a team like that, you need to stick it away or they'll come back and hurt you. And that's that's exactly what happened yesterday. I think Aberdeen, I think the arse fell out a wee bit for Aberdeen at 2 nothing. I think it was obviously the build-up to the game and psyched up to it and, and then they realised it too that it was probably, probably gone at that point. Right. See, prior to the game, a theme that, that I noticed was a lot of uh, Aberdeen fans and Scottish football fans were were going on about the, the lack of hype for a game that, that some were saying were the, the the biggest game the world has ever known. But <laughs> they were going on about it. But I wanted to mention uh, sports scene because I thought sports scene 
credit to them focused on the game and I thought they, they did it justice. Yeah. Uh, it's I'll not agree. often that I, I see that and, and say that about sports scene, yeah. but I, I think they, they spent enough time focusing on it and, and treated it with the respect it deserved. And I just hope that those that were upset about the lack of hype appreciate the sports scene and the, the media did try and go that extra mile I'd, for it. I'd, I'd agree 100%. I think, like, um, sports scene, even last week, sports scene were talking up the, the Aberdeen uh, visit to Celtic Park. Uh, obviously, the build up to the, the week coming up to it. And then, well, on last night's programme, it was first, it was top billing. They must have given it about 10 minutes of highlights instead of the usual five because it went, mm-hmm. they were, it lasted quite a bit. The, um, the two pundits they had on was, was Pat Bonner and uh, Willie Miller, obviously former Celtic, former Aberdeen. I thought that was a good balance. I thought the two of them were really good at analysing the game, and they spent a good while analysing the game as well. Yep. There was a good, there was a good twenty five minutes in the scope. What's the last night dedicated to that one game? And it's only an hour long. Yeah. So I, I, did, I think they did a pretty good job, at it, which we don't we don't get to see often enough. I'd, 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 I'd like to see that more. For me, that I think, I think the sort of the lack of pre match hype. I think it was probably fair enough because a lot of Aberdeen fans will maybe disagree with me here, but even even as the game was going on yesterday, uh, and I was keeping an eye on the score coming in and whatnot, I, I don't know, Chris, you might you might feel different for me, but I just I, I just never looked at it as being this this villain as, a, as as like a title decider. They were saying I I just didn't think the game had that gravity. I don't I think as much as Aberdeen have put in a, a decent challenge this year, I, I just I just never thought. You know, Celtic, no one in the league was ever in doubt, and that's why I I, I kind of struggled to get even remotely excited about the game because I didn't think it was going to have that any sort of overbearing, um, you know, effect on what the outcome of the league will be. I always feel that Celtic have that extra gear that if they needed it, they could go up and do it. And I mean, it's not it's not discrediting Aberdeen; they've done as much as they can do. But I still think I still think they're short of a team or teams in that league that can put a proper title challenge and it just never felt like a title challenge to me I, I, I think I'd kind of agree with you I, th- I don't think it felt like a title challenge I think it was it was more a case of people were looking at this game to see can Aberdeen actually be a creditable title challenger and because of the result people are going to look at it now and say no because they're looking at this and that's the third time Celtic and Aberdeen have played and Celtic have beat them three times yeah that doesn't really tell the whole story though because the previous game at Petodre, Aberdeen should have won it. Uh, we went down to 10 men and won each and yeah. we still managed to get that goal at the end. But if, if, if Aberdeen, if they're taking chances in that game, even if it was 11 versus 11, they could have won that game. Yesterday, it was the same story. It was, if Aberdeen took their chances, they could have won the game. For, I know that sounds daft having went, well, Celtic won 4-0 if Aberdeen had taken their chances and went like, even 2-0 up in that first half it would have been a completely different story and I think that's what Aberdeen are lacking they need a wee bit more experience and they need to be more clinical if they can do that added to the fact that they're already getting a consistency against the other teams in the league yep. then yes they could be a credible title challengers yeah, and I don't think they're games. too far away for that so it's yeah it's the, it's the big games because ultimately Aberdeen are 6 points behind haven't played a game more, haven't lost three times to Celtic. Yeah. It's the Celtic Aberdeen games that have decided this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think for time, I think we're going to have to move on. But I think so. Uh, I, I would just say that I think if Aberdeen can keep the players they've got, which they should be able to do because they've managed to secure so many of them on a, a longer-term contracts, and if, well, I suppose Rangers are looking for a manager and Derek McInnes is a former Rangers player, 
if they can, if Aberdeen can keep a hold of him as well, then I wouldn't be surprised if Aberdeen are even better again next season, and an even better again Aberdeen will be a, a title challenger. Yeah, I think. Uh, the stadium's going to play a, a big part in that because that's always murmuring away in the background as to what's happening with that. And I think that if they do decide to move, I think they might need to accept a, a lean period because financially that's going to hit them hard. I don't know if they've already got arrangements for that, though. Yeah, I know, it, I know they certainly cleared their debt, which I think keeps is part of appearing, it. doesn't yeah. it, in the news and then going away and nothing's said, but... Yeah. I mean, even even today, I was reading an article about safe standing, and well, basically Aberdeen's answer that was we can't afford to do safe standing at the moment, but we might consider it for the new stadium. Yeah, uh, a wee bit of a negative uh, about that that game and uh, the, uh, the everything surrounding it. But I was reading that the, uh, the young Celtic fan Jay was subjected to some online abuse. I don't know if it was actually sent to to him or just said about him. But it's a shame that the football football fans feel the need to to take it beyond football and and pick on a wee guy. He's he's a wee kid. Mm-hmm. He's I think that he's a wee kid, and I think that most sensible football fans look beyond football and rivalry and and appreciate the the joy that Celtic's given that wee kid. Like him getting goal of the month was brilliant. Yeah, it was, that was that was 97% of football fans. It wasn't 97% of Celtic fans. Yeah. Yes, I think it's brilliant. And I, I just hope that the police are involved and I hope that they deal with the idiots that, that said I, such it's, things. It's one, of these, it's one of these positives their whole season for me, like all, all this stuff. And I think that Chris is saying that, just, it's one of these things that just united everybody and thought, oh, do you know what? That's really what it's about. After us, as much as you've got your own teams and your, your own interests, that's really... Um, sort of what the game should be about, and for for people to be dragging that down into the mud, or just it's just beyond belief. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's worth reiterating that, that that goal that he scored, the, the goal of the month winner, was orga- He was there organised by Hamilton, not Celtic. It yeah. was them that brought and invited them to the game. So it's, <laughs> it's it's a lot to do with them, not just Celtic. Aye, aye. Hey, we'll move on and discuss uh, the Premiership predictions. We've got a game midweek. Celtic against St Johnson. Uh, this is obviously catching up, but I can't think when this is from. This Chris. is the one. We, this is the one we cancelled. They go have a wee holiday in Gran Canaria. Oh, when they were away topping up their tan. Yep. Aye. Right, I'll go first with my prediction, and I'm going to go three 0 to Celtic. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not that confident. I'll go two 0 Celtic. You know, St Johnson gives us a decent game at my demo park. Aye, I think I think St John's are pretty well organised, but uh, not good enough to take it. Two nothing. Two nothing. Then on Saturday we've only got two games because there's some Diddy Cup on. I, I, don't, I don't really pay attention to cups <laughs> it's anymore. It's the cup, not the Diddy Cup. Motherwell, <laughs> Motherwell against Kilmarnock. I'm going to go for a home win, Greg. You better not let me down. I'm going to you go. Better not jinx it. We're going for a home win. <laughs> right, one 0 I think Miller will on the way back, but I'm going to say one each. Back to back wins for a while, two nothing Motherwell. You better not yeah. jinx it then. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> and then the the form side in the league is next up: Ross County against Partick Thistle. I'm going to go for a home victory, two one. Yeah, I'm going to one as well. I've got both reasons to predict for the last time we were done, by the way. So I haven't actually changed either of the result. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I've got a feeling Ross County will hit a wee blip. It's been going too well for them, so I'm going to say that. Drag Benedict Fischel down into that relegation fight as well. Get them down there. Okay. I want to mention the Chris, you got one of the scores correct. Similar against hmm? Hamilton. John as well, which is surprising. I went for a Paul Band in that, so I get nothing. <laughs> Greg, you weren't on the podcast, so I'm not talking about your predictions. I would have went for nothing. Aye. <laughs> 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 uh, okay, we'll move on to the charity bet. And I, I mentioned uh, Longworth for Stranraer there away to Stirling Albion. What do you think for the first scorer? Well, the only other thing I was thinking was Declan McManus again, because he did do the job, but uh, I did it home with four first, so I think that's a bit of a dodgy one, so aye, uh, Longworth sounds good to me. Aye, he's done the business already, hasn't he? Right, OK, and I'm keen to also throw in Stranra. Now, they're 8-13, to 13, OK, but see if we just double that up or put it apart a treble, I think that could be a good one. It keeps it simple. Top versus bottom. Stranraer are good to us normally. Will we throw them in the pot? Could do. Could do. Where have we got? Queen's Park, home East Fife. 4-5. Did we bet in Queen's Park after last week? <laughs> not going to last away from twice, home. surely. Either that, that cracking surface of hand in, or no, wait a minute. Maybe we should detect <laughs> Aye. And f- aye, I, I don't know what's happening with the, the surface because it's going to get relayed, isn't it? When is it going to be relayed? Because it's like... That, that we're talking about Queen's Park playing home on the 7th of March and then the finals the 15th that's the weekend after because we're talking about it having one week to bed in oh. but then that, this probably means they're going to be That'd doing be the pitch mid-game <laughs> that's ridiculous they're doing it at half time right, I think ridiculous. Queen's Park at home I think that's a shout 4-5 to five is decent odds aye right so see if we just went for that double it's £29 nah. and 8 pence don't get a state back we don't get state back, so it's nineteen pound and eight pence. Yeah, I need a third one, I think. I don't know how many how many weeks we got left of the season. What we got about, about another ten games, maybe eleven games, eleven weekends. Yeah, right. I've got one. I've got one. Uh, our brothers are waiting Montrose. Montrose are bottom of the league, and our brothers are needing a wee bit of a win to get back on right. form. That's got to be a shoe in. Aye, that's a shoe in. Right, fifty-two pound thirty-four. Oh, that sounds good to me. Stranraer. At eight to thirteen, Queens Park four to five, and are both four to five. I might have a bit of that myself. That sounds pretty good. Aye, hopefully McBookie has an offer on this coming weekend because I might get involved in that as well. Got to be a Scottish Cup offer, I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. the cups on, Chris? You saying? Aye. Didn't they know that? Friday night football. Friday night football that doesn't involve Rangers for a change. Aye, surprisingly, aye, it's a 25 to 8 kickoff, which is just your usual kickoff time, oh, live in BBC One. <laughs> Fuck it, fans going down to Dumfries oh, no. to play yourself. I've just lied, it's BBC Two. It would have been BBC One if Oof. it was Rangers, but no, it's not, East so it's just BBC Two. Aye, and then on Sunday, we've got two games. Super Sunday, some might call it, especially since it's on Sky Sports One. Are you Hibs just against... over a Saturday, eh? <laughs> <laughs> against Rangers. And this on Sunday and Dundee United against Celtic. That's Berwick Rangers, by the way. Uh, real Rangers. <laughs> real Rangers, aye. English Rangers, aye. actually, aren't they? <laughs> aye. And Saturday, uh, who's playing on Saturday? Inverness at home with Red Rovers. Make it a tasty wee dive, Inverness. And, uh, 
Oh, I thought you were having. I thought I. Anyway, I mis- misunderstood. <laughs> yeah, I don't get in the potato that you get to take off air. That's <laughs> face after last week. Uh, <laughs> you got a reputation. No, sure. Okay, right. So, so I think that's covered everything that I wanted it's, to mention. Do I predict the four winners? Do you? Who get in the semis? All right, aye. I, well, I'll go first. I'll, I'll pick a, a winner from one of the games, Celtic. I think that's an obvious one for me. Celtic, uh, Hibs, decent side, and is it Queen of South on the Friday night? Queen of South, Falkirk, yep. Aye, Queen of South definitely won that much better side. And who's the Saturday? Inverness, Raith Rovers. And Inverness, right, that's what I'm going for. Queen of South, Inverness, Hibs and Celtic. I can't right. disagree with that. Ah, uh, near can I. Right, so that'll not be happening then if the three of us are agreeing on that. <laughs> right. I've taken a note of that times three. Right. Okay. Right, well, th- thanks to two of you for coming on. And if JB does get arrested for uh, robbing a bank or whatever it is he's up to, then he might not be back on ever again. Nah, man, next week you'll be away to see Bobby in the Lighthouse family or somebody like that. <laughs> Men at work or something. Aye. <laughs> Kaja <laughs> Aye, well, I'm sure we'll hear, hear all about it next week. Aye, but thanks for listening and thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thanks. Off long and prosper. Aye, cheers. Aye, cheers.